A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, you're listening to History of Europe, Key Battles podcast. The Battle of Khotin, part three of four. If you haven't listened to the first two parts of this series of episodes, now might be a good time to do so. Or if you have already listened to them, or don't mind anyway, then let's begin. The Battle of Khotin of the year 1621 took place at a fort of the same name on the banks of the river Dniester. The town of Khotin today is in Ukraine, about 30 kilometers north of the border with Romania and Moldavia. Historically, Khotin was part of the Principality of Moldavia and for brief periods the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth before it was absorbed into the Russian Empire in 1812. This is a good opportunity to talk about the local history, especially that of Romania. The modern state of Romania consists of three main regions, which relatively recently united into one political entity. Valachia covers the southern third of the country, close to the Balkans and with Bulgaria to its south. Moldavia is in the northeast and bordered by the river Prut on its eastern border with Ukraine. The third region, Transylvania, is in the northwest, surrounded on the east and the south by its natural borders, the Carpathian mountain range. Transylvania, bordered as it is by the Carpathians, has a very different history than Moldavia or Wallachia. Between about the year 1000 and the year 1526, Transylvania was a subject region of the Kingdom of Hungary. After the Battle of Mohac, 1526, described in a previous podcast, it became separate from the rest of Hungary, and in 1570 became a semi-independent principality. Ruled primarily by Hungarian princes, it was usually under the suzerainty of the Ottoman Empire. However, the principality often had dual vassalage with the Ottoman Turkish sultans and Habsburgs in the 16th and also the 17th centuries. The region of modern-day Romania more or less coincides with the ancient Roman province of Dacia. Sources on the region's history are very scarce for the thousand years following the departure of the Roman troops in the 4th century. Indeed, what is especially striking about medieval Roman history is the relatively late formation of states in comparison with the rest of Europe. 
only from the 1300s is there evidence of the structures of state that had existed elsewhere in the continent centuries before. One of the key dates in Romanian history is 1330, when at the Battle of Posada, the local prince named Basarab won a resounding victory against the Hungarians, an event which can be said to mark the birth of Wallachia. A couple of decades later, Moldavia also came into being, following a successful revolt against Hungarian control. The newly formed Principalities struggled to assert their status in comparison with their much more well-established neighbours. In order to counter the claims of suzerainty from Hungary, the princes of Moldavia took an oath of vassalage to Poland. Wallachia, and especially Transylvania, meanwhile remained closer to Hungary. The Turks began their expansion into southeastern Europe in the 1400s, when they first conquered neighbouring Bulgaria and then Constantinople in 1453. Western attempts at an anti-Ottoman crusade ended in disaster in 1396 in Nicopolis and then in 1444 in Varna. The Turks were finally stopped in 1456 when they were defeated at Belgrade. But in the next century, in 1526, they destroyed a Hungarian army at Mohac, and the greater part of Hungary became a Turkish province. The War of the Turks has remained imprinted on the Romanian national consciousness more than any other historical theme. Remembered most of all are battles won by Romanians against the Turks. But however brightly they shine in their historical memory, the truth is that the Ottomans won many other battles, and in time incorporated Romanian lands into their system. Moldavia was brought under control in 1538 by Sultan Suleiman I, the Magnificent, who drove from the throne an unreliable prince and replaced him with one prepared to pay homage to him as his suzerain. Yet despite the extension of their powers over Moldavia and Wallachia, the sultans never occupied them with their armies or transformed them into Ottoman provinces, as they did in Serbia, Bulgaria and central Hungary. One reason may be that Turks tended to regard the Romanian principalities as of secondary importance, as they directed their main assault to the west and the northwest. They seemed satisfied to keep the princes from joining anti-Ottoman alliances. It is also argued that the Turks had little reason to change an arrangement which worked well for them. Through the commercial exploitation which they excised and the collection of tribute, they gained more than they would have done by direct administration. However, it is significant that Romanian lands always preserved a certain level of autonomy, diminished as time went on, but never done away with altogether. They had their own institutions, and were governed according to their own laws and customs. Islamic law or customs were never extended north of the Danube, nor any wide-scale immigration of Ottomans occurred into the region. Another key moment in Romanian history 
was 1599 to 1600, when Michael the Brave, Prince of Wallachia, conquered both Transylvania and Moldavia, uniting Romanian lands under him. But his triumph was short-lived, for his achievement created powerful enemies on all sides. The Transylvanian nobility rebelled. The Poles invaded Moldavia and Wallachia, and the Turks crossed the Danube. To recap from earlier, with the help of the Habsburgs, Michael the Brave defeated an army of Transylvanian nobles, but was assassinated days later, and his lands divided once more. The Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth had interests in Moldavia in particular, for which the Principality acted as a buffer zone from the Ottoman Empire. There was a long-standing agreement between Poland and Turkey, by which a sultan endowed the title of hospital, that means regional governor or ruler of Moldavia, to a candidate endorsed or proposed by the Polish king. The Poles and Turks, meanwhile, competed for influence in Moldavia, trying to ensure that other was unable to assume full control. This was one of the sources of political tension, which led in 1621 to the Battle of Khotin. Both the Kingdom of Poland and the Ottoman Empire were great powers in Eastern Europe, remembering that the Commonwealth extended then all the way down to the Black Sea, but they managed to maintain good relations in the 16th century and leading into the 17th. Turkey focused its military efforts elsewhere, against Persia to the east and the Habsburgs to the west. Poland, likewise, was involved in wars with Russia to its east, and at the beginning of the 17th century, also in a war in the north with the Swedes. So both the Turks and the Poles wanted to avoid a third front. However, in the 17th century, tensions rose between the two countries, which finally led to war. The ruler of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth at the time was King Sigismund III, the son of King John III of Sweden and Catherine Jagerion of Poland. His reign coincided with the Commonwealth's Golden Age and was the longest in Polish-Lithuanian history. Yet he was most interested in using the Commonwealth's considerable power and influence in the Baltic region to contain the Reformation and to try and bring his native Sweden back into the Catholic fold. He attempted in vain to create a personal union between the Commonwealth and Sweden, which was resisted by Polish gentry, for it was what they saw as putting his dynastic ambitions and Catholic zeal before the interests of the state. Sigismund's reign also coincided with a key period in Russia, known as the Time of Troubles. The extinction of the long-standing Rurik dynasty in 1598, not long after the death of Ivan the Terrible in 1584, plunged Muscovy into a period of political disintegration, poor harvests, pestilence and social unrest.
suspicions surrounding the means by which Boris Gudanov, who is Tsar from 1598 to 1605, had gained his crown, threw up a number of pretenders to the Muscovite throne. Sigismund took advantage of a period of unrest and invaded Russia, holding Moscow for two years from 1610 to 1612. However, Russia was able to attain independence under leadership of Michael Romanov, who was crowned Tsar in 1613, and he provided much-needed stability for the Muscovites. He established the Romanov dynasty, which ruled Russia until the February Revolution of 1917. The Polish campaign in Russia ended in failure, with just the capture of the city of Smolensk to show for the efforts. Sigismund, therefore, missed a unique opportunity to weaken Moscow, the main rival for power in Eastern Europe. In spite of the time of troubles, Muscovy was succeeded in this period in the expansion of its southern frontier defence system. In contrast, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, with its leaders' attention elsewhere, found its southern borderlands approaching breakdown. Part of the problem was that while the Russians were united in the Orthodox Christian faith, the Commonwealth faced three competing branches of Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism and Orthodoxy. In particular, there existed a tension between the Orthodox faith of the inhabitants of the southern steppes and the Catholic faith of the majority of the Commonwealth's nobles based in Warsaw. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A key moment for the Orthodox Church in Ukraine occurred in 1620, with a visit to Kiev of Theophanes III, Patriarch of Jerusalem. It was an opportunity for the Ukrainians to remind Warsaw of the strength of Orthodoxy in the area further complicated by the offers of protection from Moscow of their fellow co-religionists. Theophanes III performed a service for the Polish crown and also issued a call to the Zaporozhian Cossacks to come to the aid of the Polish army, threatened by invasion by the Turks. It was the Ukrainian Cossacks who reaped the greatest political benefit from the Patriarch's visit. They provided his escort, and thereby came to dominate his entourage. 
They strengthened orthodoxy in the area by persuading Theophanes to appoint new bishops in defiance of royal authorities. This gave the Cossacks a new role with which they had not been previously associated, leaders of the defence of the Orthodox faith. This came to make it easier for Cossack leaders to enlist the support of the Church and ultimately of the Ukrainian petty nobility, peasantry and townspeople for their struggle for expansion of the register, immunity from remand into serfdom and other privileges. Cossack raids into Ottoman territory and the inability or unwillingness of the Commonwealth leadership to prevent this was an additional source of conflict between the two powers. In the year 1606, for example, a band of Zaporozhian Cossacks descended the Dniester and entered the Black Sea on their longboats and stormed Varna, one of the strongest Ottoman fortresses on the western coast of the Black Sea. In 1614, they pillaged Trebzon on the southwestern shore, and in the following year, they boldly entered the Istanbul harbour of the Golden Horn and pillaged the suburbs. They came to not only rob, but to liberate slaves. In 1616, they attacked Kaffa, the main slave trading centre on the Crimean coast, and liberated all of its captives. The Sultan and his court were stunned and vowed revenge. An additional growing problem in Polish-Ottoman relations was Transylvania, where the Habsburgs, Poles and Ottomans all had an interest. Since 1613, the Prince of Transylvania was a local noble, Gabriel Bethlehem, who had been installed by the Ottomans. Bethlehem's rule was one of enlightened absolutism. He was a patron of the arts and the Calvinist church, enthusiastic about forming links with Protestant leaders elsewhere, sending students to universities in England, the Dutch Republic and Germany. While keeping good relations with the Ottomans, he sought to extend his territory to the north and west into Hungary. An opportunity was provided by the outbreak of the Thirty Years' War, 1618-48, which will be covered in the next podcast's episodes. Bethlehem opposed the Habsburgs Catholics and complained of the persecution of Protestants in Royal Hungary. The Habsburgs controlled part of Hungary. In September 1619, Gabriel Bethlehem invaded Hungary and took the city of Kosice, where Protestant supporters declared him the leader of Hungary and protector of Protestants. The next month he took also Pressburg, today's Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia, and appeared to be on the verge of uniting Royal Hungary and Transylvania. In November he even laid siege to Vienna. The Habsburg Emperor, Ferdinand II, embroiled in the Thirty Years' War, was in deep trouble. He sent a letter to Sigismund III of Poland and asked him to cut the supply lines of Bethlehem from Transylvania. Sigismund, a strong sympathiser of the Catholic League and the Habsburgs, agreed and sent an elite mercenary unit called the Lisevitsi. They defeated the Hungarian lord, 
George Rokotsi at the Battle of Humene in 1619, and thus managed to cut the supply lines of the Transylvanian forces. When Bethlehem found out about Rokotsi's defeat, he had no choice but to end the siege, gather his soldiers and return to Bratislava. The Ottomans, as an ally of Gabriel Bethlehem, an enemy of the Habsburgs, were enraged at Sigismund's aid for Ferdinand. At the same time, an Italian by the name of Gaspar Graziani, formerly appointed Duke of Naxos in Greece by the Ottomans, succeeded with the help of bribery and promises of loyalty to the Sultan, Osman II, to be given the title of Prince, or Hospodar of Moldavia. However, when he arrived in the territory, Graziani immediately defied the Ottomans by starting negotiations with Poland for an alliance. The Sultan sent an envoy and a 300-strong retinue to remove Graziani, but they were all murdered by the new prince. And so, Sultan Osman II declared war on Poland and gathered a large army composed mainly of Tatars with the intent of a punitive invasion of the Commonwealth. The chief hetman, that is, military commander of the Commonwealth, Stanislav Zolukivsky, foresaw the coming confrontation and decided to meet the Ottoman troops in Moldavia. The Commonwealth army consisted of somewhere between 5,000 and 9,000 infantry. The Poles also called on the services of the Cossacks, drawn from both registered Cossacks and unregistered Zaporozhians. They were led by Hetman Zahidachny, hero of the Cossack raid on Kaffa in 1616, whose cavalry would prove to be crucial. Many regiments were made up of the private forces of magnates, rather than royal troops. In Moldavia, they linked up with Graziani. The two sides met in October 1620 at the Battle of Sesora on today's Moldovan-Romanian border, where the Ottoman troops inflicted a crushing defeat on their enemy. Most of the Polish-Lithuanian troops were killed or captured. Zolkiewski died in battle, while Graziani tried to flee to refuge in Poland, but was discovered and murdered. Buoyed by their victory, the Ottomans decided to continue their campaign, threatening to overrun the region of Podolia, a corridor of land between the rivers Dniester and Bug, which had been the Polish-Turkish frontier for the last century. Sultan Osman II, at the age of just 16, decided to lead the army personally, which advanced from the city of Edene towards the Polish frontier. I hope you can join me next week for the concluding part of the Battle of Khotin, 1621. Until then...